episode 241 hitters and haters buy sell hold hitter edition it's time for dingers this is dingers way more than fantasy baseball we keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park <laughs> let's see the stats what's the average draft position what kind of plays you making check the wins above replacement check the lineups and the points this i gotta see what's your path to victory are they aiming for a dynasty get points going head to head please don't do me no favors we're always watching waivers ain't no minor league this is major yeah dingers let's go Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Jose Abreu that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined, as always, by Robbie Baseball from the Murder Room. What's up, Robbie? Nothing. I've already complained to you about my life, so I won't bother burdening <laughs> any of the listeners with it. <laughs> the one good we thing do- I do want to say, Ty, the one good thing, I'm very excited about this is that I am off uh, this coming Tuesday and I'm going to get the day to just do like bits and bops of little tiny cleanup stuff with my truck. And then I am driving it to go get it safety. I am nice. so excited. That old thing is going to be on the road again after, I don't know how many years, but um, there were pennies in the truck. So I assume that it hasn't been on the road since the penny was used in Canadian currency. I so. like it. That's yeah. a good, good. If yeah, I like that addition. Um, yeah, we had a birthday party this weekend, Robbie. So oh. youngest one, first birthday. So uh, classic Mickey Mouse hot diggity oh, dog right. party. Yeah, Pit Viper turned one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no. So we, it was one of those things. It's like you go through all this hoopla, and it's really about more getting people together than it is actual. That's all it is at one. one Absolutely. Old, right? like, yeah, they have no like, clue what the hell's going on. Uh, I mean, she was pretty into the food. I'm not gonna lie; she's oh, an eater. Good. She likes. Yeah. The, she's she's a big food junkie. So, um, you know, she'll she'll probably have a uh, a food critic posting in in the local paper here soon. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, that was that was a busy weekend. So that was that was it for me. Played ball today. I am way too old, um, but I'm feeling it right now, Robbie. Um, definitely thought the arm was gonna fall off today. I'm not gonna lie to you. So I'm gonna have to pitch again next weekend, and that's gonna be the real test. Uh oh, yeah, it's the back to backers. I mean, we see it enough with our MLBers that we're patiently waiting on, and we talked about those guys in the last episode. Um, guys, slow to start, and uh, the buy sell holds for those dudes. It is tough slugging on a human body, though, much more than it is when you just look at the athlete and say, "Be more, better." Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah. Well, let's let's get into hitting because this is there's a lot of fun topics here today. A lot of guys that are are on and off radar. So before we do that, let's get hydrated. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Oh, you popped a can? Me too. Yeah, I went totally uh, different this indeed. week, like an unexpected twisted tea. Oh my just goodness, cool. I was just going to make, make a weird Smirnoff ice joke, twisted tea. So what is in twisted tea? Is that a vodka? Uh, I don't know. 
Like it's twisted tea. tea it's all oh, yeah. concoction. Vodka. Yeah, it's it's vodka. Yeah. Nice. Yep, I've been drinking a lot of uh, iced tea lately. Just like trying to. I mean, I drink a pot of coffee every day. That's just how I naturally dehydrate my body. But um, <laughs> later in the afternoons, I've been slurping back some sweet iced tea, and uh, it's been helping. I mean, the bags under my eyes couldn't get much bigger before they'd be leaking. But I think right now it'd be, um, you know, orange peacoat if you gave it a hard push. <laughs> I have like one of these a year, and this is that moment. So lucky us. Yeah, I, I don't really drink a lot of these. I do like a lot of the vodka mixed drinks like i'm into the tequila ones uh so there's there's definitely some moving that direction but no it's uh this is i don't drink this one very often I'm just left over from the party so i figured i'd get rid of it oh anyway, um I if you want to have booze left over tie from my wife's 35th birthday which i won't tell you how long ago that was but <laughs> i had my restaurant at that point in time and the restaurant <laughs> sold six years ago so <laughs> And we yeah. still have like the Cardi breezers and stuff that I just keep in an old fridge that we had from the restaurant. It's not plugged in. It's just like when the apocalypse comes, I can still drink those. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to talk about what else Robbie has in the fridge, hit him at <laughs> Robbie Baseball One on Twitter or me at Tony Boss. And of course, you can hit at Dinger's Pod on the Twitter machine. So uh, let's get into it, Robbie. We're going to start uh, with, a, with a kind of a mixture of guys, some doing well, some doing poorly. Some guys that are just uh, hot irons in the fire, what you want to do with them. So let's talk uh, first base, Rob, because this is one I wanted to talk about uh, today. Uh, Jose Abreu with, I don't know if you saw this, hit his first home run today. I don't know if that's why he made the list or not. It was, but it was part of the reason. He's been so bad, and then he did something good. Did you see his home run shot? I did not. So he sprinted around the bases <laughs> like a little kid. Because he and was then so he excited. And then he pulled like a Heath Bell slide. Was it Heath Bell that did the slide? At, Heath Bell was, was the relief pitcher that would come charging in. Yeah, and then slid at the mound. Yeah, yeah. So he basically did that, but towards the dugout because everybody came out to maul him because um, <laughs> they were obviously pretty jacked up for the guy. Uh, yeah. It's crazy to think that that's his first home run since early September last year. Like, that's just nuts. So uh, obviously there's a track record here. He's, he's hitting – the ball it's just not doing anything productive so wh where are you at here with jose abreu at this point knowing there's a three-year contract with abreu and this he signed with the astros not the yankees he's not getting released um like jordan Hick jordan hicks no aaron hicks. aaron hicks did uh with three years left so abreu is a buy for me but that's because it's a buy low and it will legitimately be a low buy like earlier this offseason Yuli Gurriel was somebody I was looking to scoop up in a few spots because once I knew he was going to make it in Miami, I thought he's either going to be out in three weeks and I don't have a major investment to put in him. And I did get him in one league or what has actually happened is he's a full to part time player. So I don't know. I guess I wasn't a good description. He's a two thirds time player and uh, he's helping you. And again, his, his average is right back up. And I think with Abreu, it's just going to be better as the season goes on. And that's what I'm I'm expecting. And then, of course, I don't think there'll be this blip next year. Whatever, something obviously happened in his life this year. You know, you switch cities after having been in Chicago for a long time. I'm sure there were some things, some off-field issues that probably um, led into this, unless there's just been an injury for some reason that's, you know, shoulder-related that has sucked him, um, sucked any power or speed in, in a swing out of him. 
Yeah, it seems it seems odd to just have it fall off. But there was a power dip last year, right? So it's not like out of nowhere, right? Right. But the hit the hit tool going away is a little bit concerning, right? So I mean, he's hitting two fourteen OPS is five nineteen. Those are not good numbers. Um, had his first home run obviously today, which will like double his OPS basically, uh, or a slug. Um, but at the end of the day here, like I'm, I'm with you. I share the buy mentality. Uh, you know, it, it depends on your team too. Like if you have a legitimate first baseman and reasonable depth, like there's not a lot of reason to go invest in, in an effort to, to get a brave, but you know, if you're rebuilding, you're looking for a way to get a trade chip. If you're looking to, you know, potentially make some profit on a prospect, like this is a great play. Right. If you're have a, a, a mediocre first baseman, right? If you're if you're rolling the dice with somebody out there, like if you've got Michael Chavez, for example. <laughs> we haven't mentioned him in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it has been a long time. <laughs> it has been a long time. But I mean, like realistically, if if you're rolling like a Seth Brown, right, or a Matt Carpenter, Trey Mancini, Brandon Bell, like there's other questions you should ask if your team looks like that. But uh at the same time, like it's a good safety net, I think, is is the way I would look at it, and, and definitely room to make profit. But I'm not ready, Robbie, and maybe you are to to say he's a starting first baseman. Uh, but I do like him as a depth play. Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to say he's um, at all starting first baseman. I think, in my mind, in my eyes, he is just somebody that you want if you are uh riding a hot hand like if you picked up uh let me just quickly look up the player that i wanted to say because now i've forgotten it if you picked yourself up uh the next guy actually sorry on our list luke rayleigh at the start of this season because nobody cared at all about him and he's been a very good you know power hitter in 118 bats he's got 10 dingers uh 21 rbis 23 runs batting 254 uh, obp 346 and a 913 ops I would one for one make the trade of Luke Rayleigh and receive back Jose Abreu. I think that's a safe kind of play where you're, you know, of course, Tampa Bay. I mean, look at every leaderboard. Tampa Bay players are scattered everywhere. Um, But as far as fantasy goes, they're not 550 at bat guys. They're platoon and they're just like they're on it right now. And um, I would rather have an Abreu next three years than I would a Luke Rayleigh. And that does not him as an individual player, but a, a player of that ilk where um, at any point in time, like Rayleigh's been moved around a lot this year and uh, next year that could all change 16 games for Rayleigh at first base, nine left field, 14 right field. He's DH. He's even pitched twice. <laughs> um, so he is moving around as Tampa Bay sees fit and, and obviously hitting for power. Uh, whereas a Brayu, I think you would say like a Rizzo. Yeah, there could be a you know a little bit of a career dip. Everybody forgets the value is no longer there in their minds. But end of season, you know, roto mentality. Don't go week for week with it. Jose Abreu can get you there, and maybe come September when Houston obviously wants to be rolling, getting ready for the playoffs, Abreu will be in a great spot. And I think you then have you know contractually two more years if it's a keep forever dynasty, um, or if you're in a contract type league where he'll be a free agent next year. Uh, maybe that's where you would still need to think Luke Rayleigh is more likely to lose playing time as the season progresses versus a Jose Abreu. So let, let me ask you this on a Jose Abreu front. Who who do you like the risk reward better on? Um, Abreu, Juan Yepes, Ryan O'Hearn in that group. Who who are you leaning Abreu. on those through? Yeah? Yeah. I've got no interest in the others. Um, I also used to be 
all about the big bat Pete Alonso first as my first baseman type guy, um, who, by the way, has 20 dingers and um, a massive OPS this year. He's doing great. Uh, but in every league, but one, I have somehow managed to completely screw myself at first base. Like I have punted the position, not on purpose. It has been through thinking about this player X or, or player Y that I thought was going to be able to do something. A lot of first base prospects have just washed away. You know, Tristan Casas is not leading anybody's team in the charge right now. doesn't mean we're not going to see something in the future, but any of those type of first base guys, um, they're not, you know, Mount Castle's another example. They're not on the, t- on top of it, dominating in your leagues. So you have a Luke Rayleigh type, you have an Abreu type. If you're flipping a coin between those kind of guys, Abreu's at least has the track record. So I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I probably would look at, um, Yepes. I mean, the, the, for me, he's the best hitter of that group. It's just, it's playing time. So right. Yepes being with the Cardinals tie, this is another factor that scares me with him specifically. Luke and Baker, a first base prospect who I've liked since 18 when he was drafted. Um, he came up to AAA last year and struggled a lot. And all of a sudden, like nobody cared about Luke and Baker anymore. He is now just murdering baseballs at AAA. I don't know if he's leading anymore uh, in home runs, but he's right up there if he's not in first. And he is another type where like they have nowhere to play him which means Yepes, who, yes, he's up and, and has had some time up, could very easily be the type of piece that gets moved in a trade, not because the other team is like in need of putting him as, as a starter, but that St. Louis is like, we're just going to get rid of him at this point in time because we think Luke and Baker's the next guy. And then that player, you know, that, that could cause Yepes to become some type of a tumbleweed around Major League Baseball teams where he doesn't go to a team that's going to, He's not the centerpiece of a trade. I guess that's the way to say it. You know, he just I think, moves. I think he's an underrated piece of a trade, though. Like, I, I agree if he doesn't get playing time in the next city. I, I do agree with the tumbleweed comment. But I, I think there's a, a major league bat there. He's just blocked at every angle in St. Louis because yep. of their depth. Yeah. So I, I, I like that one. I think there's upside there. Like, I would love to see him in, like, Miami. Like, I think he would be a great solution in Miami. Uh, I don't know if St. Louis would be okay to making another trade with Miami, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, let's let's continue on here. Um, you mentioned Luke Rayleigh, so let's talk about him. He's fun to watch. Uh, you know, very much an old school guy, in my opinion, Robbie. Uh, yep. Definitely uh, grip and Three rip. True outcome guy. Yeah. But, you know, like, and, like anybody in Tampa Bay, a little more polished than that, though, right? Like, not so much, like, exactly a three true outcome, although that's almost the way it plays out his his bats are a lot more controlled right and i think that's the one thing that makes tampa great is you almost never see wild at bats out of any tampa bay ray so right I, I definitely an interesting stick and definitely on the splits he's definitely hurting josh Lowe uh in a, in a way uh because josh Lowe should be getting those extra at bats that Rayleigh's getting uh on the left side of the plate but uh you know i definitely I definitely like him as a as a depth guy in in pretty much every format. Robbie, is there anywhere you don't want him? Like I'm I'm a buyer or a hold here. Uh, definitely not selling. I like I like the power slot here. So yeah, I'm a I'm a hold on Rayleigh. Uh, I won't buy him. Reason being that he was free, you know, at the start of the season. So in in the two leagues, I think I did pick him up in. 
Um, I, I don't want to trade him. I'm not looking to because he's become too valuable in my lineups, even lineups where I have uh, Harrison Bader who returned from injury. You know, I had acquired Juan Soto. I have uh, Tyrone Taylor who back with Milwaukee, but struggling as an, as, as an outfielder. Um, you have Rayleigh who started the year as an outfield eligible guy across the board. Now he should be eligible as a first baseman. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's under our first base category here. And the multi-position eligibility is great. Um, you know, the other guy that's playing first base in Tampa is the other guy to talk about in this conversation. Yandy Diaz, a leadoff hitter who since 2017, Ty, has had a very interesting first base, third base, you know, um, uh, what's it? Hot, hot scotch? Yeah, not hopscotch. That's the one I'm going to go with where he's been uh, third base in another position. So in 17, it was third base, a little bit at left field. Then it was first base, third base, then first base, third base, then third base with a little bit of first base. Then it was uh, first base and, and third base again, and with some DH in here. And then last year he was 102 games at third base. This year he's only had three. He's moved over to first base with 42 so far. And there's a little sprinkling of uh, DH in there. And with Luke Rayleigh hitting well, Yandy Diaz is a leadoff type guy in Tampa Bay. Um, they are, they're working together, but I feel like when they start to tighten the reins, you know, you start to think about your, you know, whatever tough series or whatever it is you need to do if you're Tampa Bay to get where you need to go. Um, Diaz is going to get the at-bats over Rayleigh when push comes to shove because the average is going to be more important in three or four at-bats, and then you can bring Rayleigh in to be a pinch hitter type. So I don't think I would want to sell him, Rayleigh this is, but I certainly want to keep him where I have him because if I'm wrong and he continues to get all those at-bats, the power in September is going to be huge. Yeah, you know, like the sorry, the ability to have a player in your lineup that that could provide you with that power is going to be huge because that's when all the other prospect types are going to start to come up. And then, like we've seen with so many other, they're probably going to struggle, but everybody that's prospect hoarding is going to want to play them. And a Luke Rayleigh is going to continue to do what he, hopefully continue to do what he's done all year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like it. Yanni Diaz for me, like I'm I'm on the sell side here. You always uh, have been, Ty. Yeah, like, but for me, the, the big reason here is all of a sudden Yanni Diaz hits home runs. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's weird for me. I feel like there's a plateau. I feel like if you can get, uh, some value in a trade, which I think you can. Um, mm -hmm. I think it'll, I think you should because I, I just don't see the power numbers sustaining throughout the year. Their schedule has been really soft up until this point, so I would expect a regression from a lot of Rays. Now, they're still a very good team, and Yanni Diaz will still hit the ball, right? He's a very good contact hitter, that's not going to go away. But I would say the upper tier nature of his success so far in those power numbers, I think will dip. So if you can turn that into a positive for your roster, then I would be doing that. If I got a roster that contains, you know, a Yandy Diaz and a Pascantino, like that's a beautiful scenario to get rid of Diaz. And I would expect Pascantino to have a better second half on the power side. Um, that's kind of the way I would be trying to build that if I can, if I have that depth, because I mean, odds are, unless you're in a really, really deep format, Yanni Diaz isn't your only first baseman, right? That's just probably the reality of the way you built your team. Um, and yeah, you wouldn't you, have been counting on him, I think, to start the year. You, If anything, at any position, I think, uh, myself in the one league that I like really needed him to perform, he was my third baseman. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. So like, if you have that depth at first, great. If, if it's a third base scenario, 
you know, obviously there's there's a lack of depth over there as well. So definitely an interesting. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, you know, I, I would be selling. I, I just think this is the ceiling of his his upside. Doesn't mean he won't, you know, have some success. It just I, I think if you're looking at the value side, uh, it's a sell for me. So yeah, twelve home second- runs. Oops, Sorry, yep, Ty, just right, real right. quick on Diaz. 12 home runs, as you said, to the power, 327 average. The OBP is amazing, 429. His OPS is 1,041. And he also has 11 doubles, so 23 yeah. extra base hits. And that's kind of what you know Ty's alluding to here with Tampa Bay, that there might be more doubles than home runs rest of season. Um, it's it's about 50-50 right now. So uh, Yandy Diaz has been excellent right now. Well, and, they, and, they've had the, so. and they've had the easiest schedule up until now. So... You know, they had a lot of games against Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay. So pitching staff-wise, not the best in the league. So definitely things to note. And they definitely got Toronto in their soft spot as well, right? So, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, positives that I think we're going to see Tampa Bay fall back down to earth a little bit. They're still great. They're still going to be in the conversation. But I just they're not as good as their record suggests. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, And Andy Diaz is going to be part of that. So um, second base here, uh, the keystone. Let's let's jump off with uh, Jonathan India because you and I have talked a lot about him over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about after his great rookie year, uh, everyone was still very excited about him. He was getting drafted way too high, and we talked about it here, just saying, like, listen, there's going to be a recoil here, and he hit that recoil hard. Uh, that second season for him was not great, uh, but we're seeing the bounce back. You know, it's it's reasonably there that that Cincinnati team is coming around. Uh, the big question mark here, Robbie, and I think this is probably where you're going to go with it, uh, is, is he's, you know, in a scenario where there's going to be a lot of good players brought up from the minor leagues around him. Uh, and, and it's going to be a battle for position. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see where your thoughts here are on India. Uh, and I'll, I'll hand it over to you on that note. Yeah. India played 99 games last year. He's already at 53, obviously had an injury because of that. His rookie year was 148 full slate. Um, yeah, I'm excited for India batting 290, uh, OBP 376. I will relate him to a Dansby Swanson type guy where the expectations seem to never be met, no matter how good he is until last year with Swanson. So with India, people are always looking for a little bit more. Um, but right now he's, he's doing fine. He's not a big power threat. You know, I think 15 home run season any year with India is going to be kind of your peak. So let's say 17 could be his career high. So you're going to be between 12 and you know 15 on that end. But it, it's all about consistency with India. And he's up with the stolen bases right now. He's got eight stolen bases in 10 attempts. Uh, had a hot weekend, two dingers on Saturday. And then today he was, what, one, one for four. Uh, but it was a double. And he also had a walk. So um, he's been very good lately and consistent, not having those long streaks of you know looking for looking for power like we see out of some of the other guys i like india but again at this moment in time i i would like to buy he is a buy but i don't know that i will pay the cost because he is a second baseman and that is that is his position and as cincinnati moves players around he will not be moved around if anything he could be moved out if something was to come along that made sense for Cincinnati. And I don't think it would be a bad idea if Cincinnati was to do that because they took everybody in Seattle's system under 22 that had um, legitimate middle infield talent in, you know, the, was it the Castillo trade? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Last and, year. and Winker combo. 
Right, right. So yeah, in that deal, um, no, wasn't Winker earlier? Eh, yeah. It doesn't matter. But, but, they, but that's trade they partners. Told everybody. Yeah, yeah, they've been trade partners, and that's how they've been doing it. So I, I buy, I would buy on India because I think he's going to be uh, good. But this is a bad time to buy, of course, because it was all last year. And when I was excited about him for this year coming up too, um, this is kind of what I was talking about was just like somebody who's going to consistently be a fit in your lineup. So where well, are you on him, Ty? I know you haven't always been a fan. I, I'm torn because like they're in a scenario where one of these guys is going to have to play the outfield, right? So you've got Spencer Steer, who's been wonderful and is going to continue to to be great. Uh, Matt McLean is playing shortstop. He had four hits today, right? You've got Ellie Dela Cruz, who's crushing it in the minors. You've got uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, who's crushing it in the minors. You've got Jonathan India. Like that infield is crowded. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to push somebody out there. So like for me, you know, the questions become who's your best center fielder of that group. And I think it's Dela Cruz, right? I think that's realistically what he's going to be the guy that goes out. But if he's not, you know, I don't know what they're going to do because Steer's probably not moving, right? India's likely not capable of playing shortstop, right? So he's, he's not going to play third. So depending on what you do with McLean, like that's really, that's really the catch. Like, India looks like the the one that doesn't have flexibility. So, mm-hmm. you know, it really comes down to who's who's your better shortstop. And I and I think they're going to say McLean, uh, but we'll see. Yep. Like, but I, I, for me, the one saving grace that I like about India is I do think he's going to get rotated in at third. So I do think there's going to mm. be a scenario here where um, Steer maybe takes some more DH at bats in the future. So depending on what they do with Votto, right, who's still not playing baseball yet. Uh, so depending on what they do there, there's some DHA bats to, to make this mix a little bit easier. So I like I like the buy um, knowing that he's going to get at bats because I just think that's the reality. But I like it even more because I think as a third baseman, he's more valuable to us than as a, a second baseman. Okay. Fair enough. Um, somebody who is now a second baseman and is doing quite well, Nolan Gorman with St. Louis. We touched on the Cardinals earlier. Uh, Ty, are you buying Gorman, holding Gorman, or selling Gorman? I'm holding because I have him in a couple spots. Uh, you know, it was a scenario where, you know, I, I kind of stumbled into shares of him. I didn't really go looking for him. They just kind of fell to me. But I'm pleasantly surprised with what we've seen. I think there's a developing hitter here. You know, I, I think it's very much what we would have liked to seen Jock Peterson become, right? Like, I think Jock Peterson is a great hitter's profile, but I do think Gorman is taking better steps as a hitter to improve the hit tool. So, like, if you can get a Jock Peterson with a batting average, like, I'm pretty sure every single person would be happy with that. Uh, so I think that's what we're looking at. Like, I, I think he can become that. So, you know, that's a hold and a buy for sure. For me, I, I don't see the downside here. I think you've got, you know, 30 to 40 home run pop uh, in that, in that ballpark, which is crazy. That's uh, a big ballpark. So I do, I do like Nolan Gorman and that lineup's going to be good for at least the next three years. So I, I like, I like the scenario that he's in as well. So I, I don't, I don't see the angle for a sell, I guess is where I'm at Robbie. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hold, but that I don't have them anywhere and I'm not willing to acquire. So that's why he is where he is. Um, Somebody that I am willing to acquire. And I believe now is the time is jazz Chisholm jr. Who's on the IL and will probably be on the IL for a few days after this 
recording comes out so you still have time to go get you some smooth jazz um i want him i see the potential and i am aware of the risk but the price has now dropped from the offseason and there are people who invested in him who have probably already had to find another position player whether that was as the second baseman that he was supposed to be or the center fielder that he now is um i want him for 2020 three rest of season 24 25 26 um so he is a buy a long-term play for me so i will make that investment ty where are you sitting with jazz i'm definitely seeing the value upside right you know me i i don't this isn't a guy that i would normally chase but you know given the value decrease it's definitely somebody if i get my hands on i'm going to do it but i'm also not going to overpay uh the the injury risk has become evident it's a thing yeah yeah so it's it that definitely also you know, kind of gives me some, some caution, but, you know, depending on the league, like, you know, if I'm in a rebuild scenario, like again, very similar to what we talked about earlier, like I, I like these kind of guys that have, you know, way, way decreases in value on a team that I'm not trying to win right now. Um, so, so I would be in on that, you know, you look at a guy that like that has that kind of speed and power. Like there's only a couple guys in the league that have it. Right. And although we saw Mondesi, put it together for a very short period of time and then it all blew up. We also saw the signs when it came together that it shouldn't have, you know, what, what occurred with him um, in his whatever season and a half uh, period of dominance didn't really make sense at the time. Like there was a lot of holes in it. Whereas with jazz, I think there's, there's maybe less likely that he's going to be the number one fantasy player, but it's also entirely possible that he can just perform if he's able to hit on stride. And not that we want to say he's got to change the way he plays, but that's what everybody said about Bryce Harper for years. He's got to change the way he plays in order to really maximize himself. Maybe there are people in Miami who are trying to lean him in that direction. The, excuse me, the position change was just the first part of that. So uh guy that was free in a lot of leagues last year, Ty, and, and wouldn't you know what he just ended up on Tampa Bay? Uh, Isak Paredes, who plays every position, including second base, having himself a season. He's still young in most of your contracts leagues. He will have just last year finished off his rookie eligibility. So depending on how you do it, he could have four years left with you, five years left with you. You've got time anyway in a contracts league, let alone a keep forever dynasty. Um, Ty, in a scenario where you are looking for a multi-position eligible guy, Paredes checks all the boxes. Are you going to buy, sell, hold Isak? See, if I'm going to, if I'm going to buy, I'm probably not Isak. And and the only reason is, is I don't like the bat potential in Tampa. Like it's just too inconsistent. Yeah. Like Rayleigh's at least getting some consistent at bats. Like Isak, you know, if, if we see consistency out of that left side of that infield, like we're just not going to see at bats. Right. And that's just the reality for him. Uh, pinch hits, obviously, you know, they, they do a great job of stacking um, against the, the pitcher on handedness. Right. So against the lefties, that's really where he does his, his thing. But if he was left-handed, Robbie, I'd probably be a lot more interested because there's gonna be a lot more at bats for him. But as a result of being righty, I, I just think that limits him it has nothing to do with his ability because when he's in there, he's been productive. But right. I, I'm gonna stay away because of the at bats. So I'm I'm out. I'm a, I'm a sell, uh, or or worst case a hold if I have them for some reason. Yeah, I I share that sentiment exactly. Uh, if I have them, which I I don't think I do anywhere, I'm I think we actually wait. Sorry, I do think I do have them in one dynasty league, and I would just let them sit on my bench or pop them in here and there. Uh, but I am not gonna go and acquire them for the same purpose. So shortstop's a little more exciting, Ty. 
I'll let you lead off with Bo because I know he's your favorite of all the shortstops. Um, he is doing all of the things that MVPs do. Uh, he's obviously going to cost an arm and a leg to acquire, but if you don't have him and you're looking at a shortstop, he could be worth the investment long-term. Are you going to buy? If you have him, are you going to sell? If you also have him, or will you just hold him? What are you going to do? With that? I, I'm definitely not selling. Uh, he's shown he's durable. He's led the league in hits twice in his career already in his very early stages. He's leading the league in hits now. Like the amount of flack that this guy gets from people, especially Jays fans, is awful. Uh, people don't really appreciate how good this guy is. Uh, the reality is he's still just figuring it out. Like he's 24, right? Like he's still very, very young. He hasn't even got anywhere close to his peak. And he's he's already one of the best shortstop in baseball. And I think at the end of this season, Robbie, I think he's going to be in the conversation as the best. And that's going to be hard for people to swallow, especially those that think, you know, the reason that the Blue Jays lose games is because of one throw that he makes. Uh, you know, and in some cases it is, but it, you know, when that game's three, two, it's hardly the result of one throw. Uh, if you're not scoring five runs, then it's hard to blame a defensive play, uh, in any scenario. But you know, mm -hmm. the, the realities here is, is it, it is going to cost a number to lag, but where are you going to find speed hits power? You're not right. You, like these players don't exist in the same way they did 20 years ago. Uh, so, so I think you pay everything you can to get them. And your team will be better for it. Uh, it just depends on when you're trying to win. So that's the only restriction is don't sacrifice winning a championship to get them. But I think he will get you on a path to win a championship if you're not ready to win right now. So do what it, do what it takes to get him. Okay. And I, just for the record, do not have a single share of Boba Shett and Dynasty. Um, he 100% would be a sell for me right now for every reason you just said. The return on bow which could also include potentially a nico horner type guy who you know everybody's like yeah he's fine but that's okay i would money ball a deal where i am going to make up my categories elsewhere that i think i'm going to miss in a bichette trade you know with whatever it is i'm getting back because you are also going to be able to improve your prospect status which again is a very important part of the dynasty landscape and i'm only saying this because bow is a special player that you could sell or sorry you could trade your one bow for four legitimate pieces back. And I don't think anybody would argue that in any of your leagues, whether it's a 10 team or a 30 team dynasty, you are going to trade that guy to a team who thinks they are ready this year. But the good thing is that they also get him for multiple years later. If it's a contract league, obviously you've got more factors going into that deal. If uh, I think he'll be on like expiring contracts in some of those leagues. So if that's the case, this might be the last shot and Boba Shett might be primed to go and scoop up for the, your title run. But again, you're going to be giving up some significant prospect value and possibly just very controllable assets, period. Like legit ML beers that'll hurt you next year. But hey, those championships are hard to come by. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's two ways to look at it, Robbie, and it really is the construction of your team, right? If you're a good drafter, right, then you're likely not needing the prospects. So if you're right. if you're in a scenario where getting four major leaguers is, is on the table and that makes your team better, then you do those trades. But you know, I look at this in a lot of scenarios, especially at shortstop for me, Robbie. If I can condense three or four categories into one player at that position, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm going to do it. Because funny enough, as much as that position tends to get a lot of wear and tear, funny, it always ends up being a, a reasonably durable position. 
So it's a kind of a weird scenario, whereas center field is not as durable, right? Even though it's, it's, you know, kind of a, a similar scenario to shortstop. So like, that's where, you know, you look at like a Julio Rodriguez versus a Boba Like I'm in Boba camp, even though I love J rod. uh, It's just, you know, if I had to pick between them, I'd go bow all day, every day. Uh, But that's, that's that one. So let's, let's get into some lesser names here and talk uh, St. Louis again, real quick here. We got Tommy Edmund, who's obviously uh, had a strong start to the year. And then Paul DeYoung, out, you know, from the top rope, out of nowhere, <laughs> um, just come back swinging. Little John Cena for everybody. You know, where are you at on these guys, Robbie? Obviously, you know, you have, uh, I think the one thing I will say is that I think the Mason Wynn conversation has been delayed at least a year. So I think that makes this conversation a little bit easier. Uh, from that perspective, but um, I like both of these players, Robbie. I've held De Young in one of our deeper leagues for years at a mm-hmm. very cost-effective rate. Through um, the dark days as well, yeah, yeah, and it was painful. Don't get me wrong, but uh, happy to have him now because uh, desperately needed him. Uh, but you know, at the same time, um, you know, there was a scenario there where you know he's still a good defensive shortstop. He, you know, he does hit for a lot more power than Edmund. Uh, and, and Edmund for me is, is a better utility guy. Like I don't want Edmund at shortstop, right? As much as he's a great defender, yeah. uh, I want Edmund bouncing around to three different spots and giving the other guys some days off. Yeah. Edmund is a buy for me on my teams that I'm winning with. I want to be able to add him as, you know, someone to move around as I see fit or just be on my bench. So that investment for me is going to have to be muted. Like I'm not willing to pay for the peak price. Um, Deong, I'm not interested in because I'm just not sure if this is like he's back and we're good to go here or if this is like a little bit of success and we could see some more struggles. But St. Louis is always, excuse me, dangerous and we've already talked about it. Like you just don't know what's going to happen because they have so much talent that moves around and that they move around the diamond at the MLB level that at any point in time, one of these guys could no longer be the you know, shortstop. They could no longer be the third baseman, the left fielder, because someone else comes in and takes that job because they keep trying to give them to several people. So if you're either a superstar or you are amongst this pile of Edmund, you know, Deong, um, Yepes, name your outfielder, Brendan Donovan, you know, like it's so hard to just be a regular in that lineup that uh, they were willing to move Harrison Bader because they had so much talent last year, gold glove center fielder to get a pitcher. Uh, I could see another deal like that being needed this year with St. Louis. And I don't know well, which they, one of these guys would go for that. So they have to trade somebody for a pitcher. Like they have to, their pitching's not good enough to go with that lineup, but it's showing in the standings, right? Like they're third in the division, right? So like they need to get it together. And on, you know, they're one of those teams that really probably can't afford to wait. Uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know, the Jays do them a favor and stomp uh, Milwaukee over the next couple of days. But, you know, I definitely think that they're running out of time because they're 24 and 31, right? Like they need to, they need to turn that boat around. And so it definitely is going to start with a pitcher and they definitely have the player depth that a lot of teams would be desperately looking for um, yeah. in, in exchange for a pitcher. So. They got to have trade suitors out there for sure. Who are just waiting to like, you know, let me know when this guy's available and we'll talk. You know, like, well, I could see like a Juan Yepes to Kansas City for Jordan Lyles. Like, that's a really cost effective trade. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a short term deal, but, you know, I could see Kansas City looking for that kind of value. Uh, but, you know, something like that would be interesting. 
uh, they could trade from that outfield depth. But the one thing we knew from the offseason, though, is that Salos thinks their outfielders are all really, really good. Uh, so we'll see. Right. We'll see because they probably could have traded at least one of the, another one of them uh, in that. But uh, I, I'm willing to hold on to both of these guys, Robbie. I'm definitely not buying DeYoung. I'm with you on that one. Um, but in a hold scenario, I'm good to hold. Um, and then I'm definitely, if I have the opportunity to buy him and in any format at any time, like regardless of how he's been so far, I just like Tommy. I'm in the player. I like the categories. Um, I like the, the position eligibility. That's just good for me. So, uh, you know, going to, you know, I would say a similar player, but, uh, we saw a very different outcome last year. And that's Andres Jimenez. Uh, where are you at here on this one, Robbie? This one's a little bit of an interesting one. Uh, a guy that was an all-star last year, I think played out of his skin a little bit. Uh, where do you see him at this point in your world? Yeah, so very quickly, just so everyone knows, in 491 at-bats last year, him and his hit 297 with an 837 OBP. He had 20 stolen bases, 17 home runs. Um, this year in 171 at-bats, so about a third of that total, he's got a 228 average, a 631 um, OPS, seven stolen bases, three home runs. So we are seeing decline in power stolen bases are doing the same thing but that's kind of what he is and the average has just conked it's been down and um ops obviously has come come along with that i wasn't excited last year when he was doing this and i didn't think this was a long-term you know improvement for him um a lot of the guys out there on yahoo are clearly feeling the same thing because his ownership is down or rostered percentage sorry is down seven percent um from 84 to 77 right now and I mean that, that those are a lot of redraft leagues there, but you know, throw out a website to that you play on here and there. Uh, I'm not a Jimenez guy. I would sell him if I had him, but again, we're selling low. So that's that's tough. And if he is supposed to be the anchor, if you went into the offseason not willing to talk about moving him, you made a mistake. And I think you should have known that wasn't a good idea in the first place. You should have been open to the idea of somebody who was young who has never done something like you know the the power before struggling to do it again cesar hernandez is another example of a guy who had like one year of power mind you he was 10 years older than jimenez but you've got to see what the player's doing like how are they hitting those home runs is it sustainable for them to continue doing that and what else is it that they're doing which for jimenez was making good contact we're not seeing that this year and on on the on the plane the guardians are not as good like Juan's average is down from last year too um but and what like that outfield last year that was exploding for them with all these like new names this year has kind of been doing the opposite of you're seeing the names and you're wondering why why are they not repeating again this is like long term like the this is the sophomore slump for several players but for Jimenez this is not this was not his last year was not his rookie campaign yeah. it was his breakout party but we're seeing the massive regression here. I'm not willing to um, to pick him up anywhere. So if I did have him, I would officially say he's a sell for me. And I think for me, Robbie, too, there's there's a bigger team thing here with Cleveland. Like I think there's a little bit of regression across the board because there's less guys on base. You know, there's a lot of pressure that isn't being able to apply be applied to the opposing pitcher. Like we saw last year, Cleveland did a good job of putting pressure on people. Um, you know, funny enough, like I wouldn't have guessed this, but like losing Owen Miller, big deal for them, right? Like that trade is, yeah. is one that kind of stands out for me as a, 
as a negative for them. And, and Owen Miller has been great for Milwaukee. Asking uh, so, Gabriel Arias to do a little bit more than he's capable of doing. Asking Tyler Freeman to do some stuff he's cl clearly not capable of doing. Like there, yeah, there's, you know, they might need to churn and burn a few guys here to get it right on the infield. And again, like there's nothing wrong with the idea of getting a veteran outfielder, but you know, Miles Straw was hitting out of his boots in April, and like that's regressed. I mean, we're not talking Jorge Mateo here with the within the shortstops, but yeah. if you want to talk about a sell high, <laughs> that that ship has now sailed. He has returned to the oh my god, why am I rostering him? Part of the season of your dynasty league, um, yeah. But Jimenez for me, like there there were signs last year that you were just enjoying the ride, but that's what it was, right? Like the roller coaster is now on the downslope. I don't know how, how much higher it's going to get. Uh, I'd love for him to be able to re rebound, even in, in season, but I'm not willing to make an acquisition to do it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, rounding out the position here, uh, Royce Lewis, who's coming back from uh, a second knee surgery here, uh, has been crushing it in the minors, slashed through, uh, 333, 395, 1087, four bombs, 11 ribbies, four stolen bases in just 39 at-bats. So, um, this is a high impact bat. Obviously, uh, Minnesota's dying for a little bit of life. Uh, you know, not named Buxton every other week. Uh, but you know, at the same time, uh, this is a guy that they, they were counting on to come back and it's going to be interesting. Uh, my assumption here, Robbie, is that Correa is going to go onto the, uh, injured list here in exchange for Lewis. Uh, he's been fighting some plantar fasciitis and all that fun stuff. But, uh, I think that's why. They, he made the news on like Saturday, Korea. Uh, and I think they were like, hey, can you play through the pain for two more days and we'll get Lewis up here on Monday? Uh, I think that's part of that conversation. Uh, so hmm. I, if you're a career owner, uh, you know, get you're ready. probably hearing this after that, but, uh, you know, that's probably going to be part of that that exchange. Uh, but Lewis for me, Robbie, I've got him in our home league. Uh, do you have any shares of him anywhere? Do you really? Yep. Wow. You're crazy. <laughs> uh, he, I, why i mean he's good and, and if you look at who's playing shortstop right now for me and tatis like i can move him to my outfield it's a good depth move uh i also hmm. have Jer jeremy Payne in that league so i can i have depth at that position uh i just didn't know what we were going to get out of Tatis, so i stacked it up a little bit uh just to make sure i was covered so um you know i, I like him i'm buying him everywhere if i can i'm kicking himself myself in one other league that he was available uh shallow league that i could have had him uh but uh would you chase him would you go get him robbie uh i would inquire but i would not there would be zero premium so i would have to have a prospect that i have fatigued on and i mean i can't tell you who that is it's going to be league dependent for you um you know the listener out there it, but if you've got a, pro a prospect or like a second year type player who has not had a full season and you're just not sold on them and that other guy is interested and he's got lewis sure you know why not switch it up a little bit because it's going to be now or never for lewis and i think that's it that's not a bad play like i mean at the shortstop position i told everybody all off season i've been on it i've been so excited since it happened i was riding out the top of the lineup bottom of the lineup i am a zach netto guy and despite my best efforts in two of the dynasty leagues that i care the most about the conversation from the day of the draft when i was not able to move up to get him he has not been made available. Even when he called, was called up and struggled, not made available. And I'm just going to wait that one out. But Royce Lewis, 
sure. I, I guess uh, Matt Libator would be the type of pitcher I think I would look to maybe swap if I needed shortstop and I thought my pitching was okay. Yeah, I'd give up a Libator to get a Lewis, but that's you know Libator's value is down. Lewis's value is down too. Um, not let's not get mistaken about that. Um, but I think that's the type of trade a, a pitcher that or a pitcher or another position that you're just kind of not happy with the guy, but he's still on your roster. That that would be the name I would throw out with that. Yeah, like I, if you offered me Libertor for Lewis, I wouldn't do it. Not a million years, but like it's I'm high on Lewis, so mm-hmm. you know that's that's where that comes from. But you know, I I think I think Lewis is uh, probably in the cat like should be in the category offensively, right? As uh, Andrew Painter, that's where I would have him. Oh my God, he's not. Yeah, jeez. Oh, All right, well, <clears throat> enough of that crazy. Let's move on to to the hot corner. Um, Ty, this will be a quick one. Anthony Rendon, when healthy, is good. Uh, this year until now, he has been healthy. He has been good on the IL right now. Um, would you, right at this moment on the IL, would you consider the buy? No. You don't know. So you can't say I've had him in that shallow league I just mentioned. I had him to start the year. Okay, I'm burnt and done with him already this year. So, uh, so sell him if you got him. I'd be selling them. Uh, I mean, for me, it just seems like the best days are behind him. Uh, it just seems like it's over for me. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at on him. I, I'd rather make an effort on a guy like India, right? Like, you know, we talked about him okay. earlier. I'd, I'd rather go that route. Uh, I was saying in Very the similar players I, for the record. Sorry. Okay. No, not fair. I, I was saying in the offseason, I like the idea of, of uh, getting Anthony Rendon if the price was right. In the one contract league, oh my god, he just like went. I forget what it was. He went to over ten percent of the salary, um, and I thought, for really for like this guy who's been such a risk and you know burned previous people who rostered him, including myself. So I just I could I had to walk away from it. Um, but I I don't have a replacement third baseman in a lot of places until Kobe Mayo is my guy. And in the leagues where I was able to get him that's kind of my prospect third baseman that I'm counting on. And in the meantime, I'm rostering the Gio Urshela's of the league, which I got to be honest, when you also have Anthony Rendon on the same roster, it's not the worst one, two combo when Urshela moves over to first base. And then, you know, there's an injury and he moves back to third or whatever the scenario is. Uh, but Ren- Rendon is not somebody that I would go out and buy right now. If it required me to give up a prospect that, I actually genuinely liked, you know, I'm yeah. not talking about somebody who's doing well at single a or, you know, a kinder Delgado type guy who I think has a lot of promise. I would consider that if my team was ready to win and I felt confident that Rondon still had half a season, like he was not going to be missing six weeks basically is what I'm getting at. And yeah. you've got him, you know, keep forever. So anyway, all right, <clears throat> let's get another red in and out of the way. Spencer Steer, hot topic this offseason in those rookie dynasty drafts where you could draft anybody and he wasn't picked up because he was nobody from nowhere a year ago today. Um, he was a first round pick across the board. Um, he's he's been fine, right? He's he's been a perfectly fine guy on a team that is supposed to be getting better and is streaky. Um, what are your thoughts, Ty? Would you would you buy them, sell them, hold them? Uh, I I would hold. I would not buy. I would not sell. I mean, for me, I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy, uh, but I'm gonna wait for the dip, right? The dip will come. It's a matter okay. of time, and I will make the assessment of whether I want to move forward onto that dip, uh, based on what I see between now and then. But I I do like the buy later. 
kind of like we talked about uh, Rosny Contreras last week on the the pitching version here. Uh, I, I like that kind of same scenario. Like, you know, he hasn't hit the dip like Rosny, who ironically got uh, told he's going to go work out of the bullpen a little bit since that recording. Uh, also, Grayson well, Rodriguez got sent down. I was just going <laughs> to say, since, since that, yeah, Rodriguez was demoted. And again, we talked about on, on that, not to get back into that one, but we talked about the fact that, like, it's it's long play with Rodriguez. You you just accept the fact that this year is not going well. While well, the yep. Orioles said go back down to the minors, and I believe he pitched. I got I'm gonna check if he believe if he pitched over 50 innings, whether he comes back or not next year, it won't matter. In most of your, especially in your fan tracks leagues, he's not gonna be you know rookie eligible or on a first contract. It's gonna have to be up to your league if they get that little green M and they can be put in your minors or not. Um, but depending on your league settings. Rodriguez will did it drum roll please. Uh where are you, Rodriguez? There's oh my gosh, there's so many Rodriguez's. He's pitched. Oh, tie 45 in a third innings. If he does Ooh. not come back this year, he could be one of those super steals. Uh, but it, he's also gonna immediately become a prospect fodder. He's no longer a top five, you know, potential guy, this, that, the other. So it only still- gets better. The buy only gets better for you right now with him. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. But we are talking Spencer Steer, so let's get back to that. Back on top. You're, you're, you're I, a hold as I hold. well. I'm a hold. Yep. Do you do you see any risk in his position uh, going with the conversation we had earlier? Like, I, I don't think, given what he's done, that's a, a reasonable angle. But you know, there is potential for it. I haven't heard anything about him working out of, say, first base or going to left field or any of that kind of stuff that concerns me for um, him to require um, consistency. Like, I think he's just going to get every day at bats. So I don't care where he goes. He's just not your prototypical power third baseman that you want to see, you know, 30 bombs from. Um, But you're willing to take what you're getting right now with him. And you'll take an effective player who amongst other guys, you know, depending if you've got corner infield and things like that, you know, like more position eligibility, you can sell out for power with other spots and let Spencer steer just not hurt you, which is again, the deeper the league, the more valuable these type of guys are the consistent players that chug along and get, you know, chip in a couple RBIs a week. They, you know, have a run or two, maybe they do steal a base or hit a home run, something like that. And the average, you know, they're not hitting 180 or 150 as we've seen players, batting 150 for consistent periods of time. And then all of a sudden they get hot over a weekend, but then you still look at the average for the year and it's like 210. Yeah. You know, he's been a much more consistent guy. And I think one thing that, you know, people don't pay attention to in some of these conversations uh, is, is where he's at in the lineup. So steer did play first base today, uh, but he, he did uh, hit third. Right. And for me, that kind of tells you how the manager feels about him, which means the front office is good with him. Um, and, and that usually means stability, right? You don't see a guy that's on the rocks to hold on to his at-bats, uh, you know, hitting in the three-hole. So what is interesting on this that I didn't catch until uh, just now, Robbie, is that Nixon Zell played third base today. That's an That's what I was just looking at. I'm like, because yeah. I know Steers played first base this year. What I did not know was he's played first base 31 times. So I'm sure as soon as they found out Votto was not coming back anytime soon, because he has 21 fir- third base appearances, 31 first base, they must have been like, all right, we need to, you know, figure this out here. But um, Senzel back on the infield, amazing. Yeah. 
never give well, up, right? He still could be a shortstop. <laughs> well, he was drafted as a second baseman, right? So, you know, that is the the reality of what he was supposed to be. Um, so third is interesting. But I, like I said, we talked about this earlier. They have a depth compression here. And, you know, I'm sorry, like Newman is not the guy that's going to steal those at-bats, right? Nope. Jose Barrio, you know, bench guy in, in the outfield, Will Benson, they were hoping could be a center fielder. He's really, he's been fine at, at AAA, but he's really struggled at the pro level. And I don't know. I don't know what it is with Benson, but we can't account him as the center fielder. And the only reason I bring that up is because then it shifts everybody else over, right? So okay. the, whoever's going to be their center fielder now shifts over if it's Benson. It, the, that push isn't coming, but there's so much talent, like you said earlier, coming through. So, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised that like they don't have one of these guys, these young guys, play in some center field. Because it just seems like Dela Cruz seems like the logical option. I, I would have thought they would have had him out there by now, but... Um, moving on here, like the re- the third base position is the last two here are really interesting. Uh, I think still huge fantasy value, uh, but I'm I'm kind of you know I like Moncada, uh, always have, but uh, Chicago sucks, so I'm kind of torn on this one, Robbie. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it as a hold. Um, I tried to buy him uh, a couple weeks ago before he came mm-hmm. back from injury. That's the window that I would have bought, so I, I'm not against the buy. I just I think you're late to the buy uh, is really where I would leave that one. Uh, I've always been a fan of Makata as you as you know, Robbie. But uh, I just think the buy's passed, so it's a it's a hold for me. Yeah, I I mean I'm loving looking at a 280 average from him, and the strikeouts uh, are under 30. percent That's that's great for Makata, but we're also half the number of at-bats that he should have right now. And that's yeah. the other thing that, that seems to be getting forgotten in Moncada conversations. And uh, the COVID season uh, in the 60 games, he did play 52, which was great. The following season, he played 144. Again, great. Last year, missed a ton of time. Yeah. Uh, 101 games in total. And this year coming back, he's already missed some time. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what's dragging him down. But I also believe he was one of the guys who struggled a lot and talked about it saying that he had had COVID-related symptoms. So he's had health concerns and played through them and then also taken some time. So I'm not a Moncada, uh, you know, like ride and die. Like I, you know, I've had him. I've not really been interested in getting him back. He's someone in your league really likes him. And I bet you that guy has him. So he's going to be hard to get. Yeah. So for me, I'm not interested in Moncada. In my experiences with him, he hasn't helped me to win championships. Now, he hasn't been a Frankie Montas and ruined multiple of my championship runs in separate years, but or Wade Miley. Uh, screw you, Wade Miley. And um, I'm not willing to go out and get him on Cotta, especially if it means any type of prospect return or draft pick. Like, I don't want it. If I've got someone I don't like, and for some reason you do, and we could swing a deal. That's about the only way. Because I still feel like we could have the wheels falling off on Moncada. Um, again, he's not my type of third baseman. Yeah, that's fair. Very reasonable. Uh, so jumping here to the last one, uh, Cabrian Hayes in Pittsburgh is a really interesting one, Robbie. Uh, where are you at here with Cabrian Hayes? I know uh, he's fallen off of a lot of lists and a lot of uh, a lot of people have parked him in the, uh, he's not as good as we thought we were going to be, uh, or he was going to be territory. How are you mm-hmm. feeling about a Cabrian Hayes right now? I mean, no one's going to tell you they're excited about the two home runs. That's not, <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. But I will tell you, I'm cool with him playing every day. 
And uh, I think the fact that his value has done nothing but go down for the better part of whatever tail end of last year beyond, um, or if you want to even go back to what was it, 2020 when he broke in? Yeah, 2020 when he broke in, it was great. Then 21, uh, I I would go. I would go get him. I think I think the the investment is minor, but I would not give up my starting third baseman in order to get him. I would have to be giving up something else so that I can allow him to sit on my bench or be my you know utility or something like that um, to protect myself if he continues to suck. He's again, like I said about somebody else, he's a long play, and at that point, like I'll give up prospect value for him for sure but I'm not going to give up my starting third baseman and plug him in to take that role. If it's a points league, he's not going to crush you. Like I forget. I just looked at him up. He's in a kind of a standard points operations league. I'm in he's 2.67 points per game, but even on fan tracks, he's only rostered in 85%. So that's a lot of redraft guys that are out on him. And some of those redraft guys are in your big dynasty leagues too, or your big contract leagues, and they're not going to appreciate him either. So you might be able to scoop him up, for some, you know, type of pro like Daniel Espino would be like the number one starting pitcher prospect that should be getting traded everywhere right now. Cause you never know if he's ever going to be healthy enough to pitch in a major league game, let alone be a consistent starter. Um, key Brian Hayes for Daniel Espino. I would do that right now. If anybody has Hayes and is interested in Espino, let's make a deal. The prospect hype is huge on Espino. The MLB hype is way down on Hayes, but I love the career for like Hayes is 26. Like yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with this. Yeah. Well, here's what I really like, Robbie. Like if you go to the Savant, like you're talking uh, top tier 91 percentile in exit velo. Uh, you know, he's eighth in max velo and he's 76 in hard, hard hit percentage. So, you know, his K percentage is good. His whiff rate's good. His outs above average is good. Uh, you know, so there's, there's just a lot of things here that suggest there's a breakout coming, right? right? Which is why I added them to the list. Like the, the, the power is there. We haven't seen it. Right. But it's a lot for me, it's a launch angle thing. And I, I was think just that's going to say that's a, that's a swing tweak, right? Like yeah. you, you make a little tweak and all of a sudden you're open. Um, and your, you know, your angle, obviously your launch angle is higher up and, and the ball that gets smoked to the third baseman shortstop, whatever, all of a sudden is going yard. Yeah. And we haven't seen a real power output from him at any point. Like, it's not like, Hey, remember when, like, that's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about a guy that hasn't done it yet. Right. And I think that's exactly why he's a buy for me, Robbie is because a lot of people are going to have the mentality of he's not worth enough. Right. Um, and, and I think that's where you can get him on the cheap right now. Uh, and I'm certainly going to go looking for him wherever I can get him. So, uh, that's that's why I added him there. I think a lot of people have have gotten shy on him, and you know as that Pittsburgh team gets better, uh, I think you're going to hear a lot more about Cabrian Hayes. Uh, you know, either towards the end of the last year, uh, and remember he had back pain in the off season, end of last season. Sometimes that can contribute to some of this stuff, but but the power is there, the player is there, and I and I think we're just waiting for the breakthrough. So I would buy on that risk. The only thing I would say, Robbie, is I'm not. I don't think you need to give up elite prospect talent going the other way. I think you can give up very mediocre at this point, uh, major league player oh, okay. and, and a prospect. I think you can get them in a lot of formats now. All right. I'm going to rescind my Espino comment. I will now yeah. deal uh, a Brent Honeywell. 
There you go. <laughs> I mean, so but the problem is whoever is on the other side of the train has to look up who Brunhead Newell is. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving to the outfield here, a uh, guy that's obviously been top of the news all season so far is Randy Ayers Arena. Uh, this is a guy that you love to watch. He's a ball player. He does a lot of things right. Plays hard. He's got a little energy. We all like to see it. Uh, I'm selling here, Robbie. Uh, I, I sold him mm. in the offseason. Uh, I would sell him again, um, even though he's been great so far. I sold him in a rebuild. So I, I ended up with uh, Nolan Jones in something, I think, um, which I still like the trade for me long term. My team's not ready to use Errors Arena based on what his contract was. Uh, so that was a move that I was, I was doing for that reason. But I, I just think there's a player here that, uh, is elite fastball hitter, and they just keep throwing him fastballs for some stupid reason. Uh, and eventually, I think that mix is going to change, but he still faces a ridiculous amount of fastballs considering he's the best at it, right? He might be the best fastball hitter in baseball, and they keep throwing him fastballs. It's stupid. Yeah, I I mean, it's expensive, but I'd buy him. And I mean, if you've been listening to Dingers for a long time, you'll know that we were one of the few or only who way back when, when we did a top 50 or top 25 um, prospects, I forget what year we were going into 19. I'm thinking we predicted uh, Ayers Arena as a top guy and he was, and we were so excited for it. We don't need yeah. to talk about the other 24 guys, but we were right on this one and we will <laughs> hang our hats on that one. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I love the style. I've, I'm, I mean, in dynasty, I really like him because I've got him in several spots as well. Right. Like I was, I was aware of that trade. We taught, we've now since like formed the idea that when Tampa Bay trades for someone, you look them up and you really think about it when they trade away, you really got to consider why they traded, you know, they wouldn't trade what they deem to be an asset away unless what they were getting back was going to be greater. No team's trying to lose a deal. That's so right. uh, I'm all over him. Lane Thomas. Well, really is, quick, Robbie, just before uh, we move on. Um, okay. Nine run value this, so far this season on the four seamer. Eight run last year, eight eight run the year before, right? Like, what what are you doing, Major League Baseball? Why are you throwing in fastballs? Like, I, I this is why I'm selling. I just want to just reinforce that. I, somebody at some point is going to see what I see here. It's not hard. It took me 20 seconds to look it up. Um, and if you watch him hit, you know that you don't throw him a fastball. So I think 50% of the pitches he saw last season were fastballs. And we're just about on pace to the same thing this year. Why? I don't get it shouldn't happen that that adjustment has to come at some point so that's what scares me robbie everything else i love about airs arena but that that scares okay. me uh lane thomas with the nationals the next guy up he is an obvious everyday player because the nationals are rotating through the left fielder type guy and thomas is just free I believe he is their center fielder and just plays that all day every day um, 2022 was going to be the breakout year and then it didn't happen but after the trade from st louis when he still had uh, Juan Soto as his teammate, it looked pretty good for the rest of that year. But then, you know, last year it didn't come together as that combo. So they shipped out Soto because Lane Thomas is the Jedi of that organization. And this year he's repaid them with a 289 average, 814 OPS, eight dingers, four stolen bases. The issue with Thomas, if your league counts strikeouts or you're in a points league that counts strikeouts against, is he has a lot of them. Um, mind you, it's going with a lot of at bats, but right now he's got 56 and 197, so we're north of 25. It's a lot in the sense that he plays every day, right? This is a 600 
at bat type guy, which means in a roto leagues, that's going to add up. Doesn't mean he's like as an individual ball player striking out at a Moncada type rate, but it, there could be a lot of K's here. Either way, I like him. I only have him, I think, in one league, and I would not at all sell him. So I would have to say he is an absolute um, buy hold for me. The jury would still be out on what he's going to do all season, but there's no way the Nationals are going to take him out of the lineup. He's one of the only guys, him and Alex Call. Call might just be like a bench bat moving forward like for a long period of time. Thomas would be a starter moving forward in that outfield for a long period of time. So I'm in on Thomas. It's not an expensive buy, right? We're not, not talking superstar, but over time, he could really just like churn out some fantasy value for you. Yeah, I'm not going to buy on this one, Robbie, just because, you know, I... I... I don't tend to carry a lot of players like Lane Thomas. That's mm-hmm. my big reason, just a profile fit for me. Um, He's like a Harrison Bader, and I I don't know why I'm cool with these guys in the outfield, but I am. I'm always okay to have someone who's like never going to hit 25 home runs, never going to steal 30 bags, but they play the position and they are supposed to get a million at bats. And I'm just for I don't know. It's it's maybe why I haven't won every league I've ever played in. I just, I'm taking <laughs> risks, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, and that's it. I mean, that's what you have to do sometimes. And, you know, if, if you put value on the other positions, like generally outfield is the one that you can make it up a little bit later. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, last guys, two guys here, uh, Joey Weimer in, in Milwaukee, the last two here is an interesting one because they're playing each other this week. Um, and Dalton Varshaw on the Jays is the other one there. So where are you on on these two guys? They're both, you know, very interesting players, Robbie. Um, there's, there's clearly upside to both of them. Um, mm-hmm. Which which ones are you preferring at this point? Um, and, and, and go. I very recently put Dalton Varshow on the trade block in the 12-team Dynasty League that I'm in. I think it's 12-teamer um, because I just don't, I, I don't need him. I've got Will Smith as my catcher. And Varsho sucks as my outfielder, so I don't want him. Somebody else can take him and think he's going to be, you know, some great value to him. As long as I get something back that I can throw in my minors that I think is going to end up giving me potential production value, I will do it. A Sam Backman, who's now up with the Angels, that would be an ideal kind of, you know, guy who he hasn't been good, but there's, you know, promise within his pitch pitch types that could work um and then something else that makes me happy it, again what i'm saying is not like a stud i don't need something back that's crazy which probably means i'll be able to make a deal pretty pretty quick joey weimer uh i don't know man i don't know milwaukee outfielders aren't overall being great you know so opportunity is still going to be there for him we've got you know mitchell out for the year and tyrone taylor's really struggled i i just don't know what to do with him. i am not buying him but I will yeah. not trade him to you. I guess by default, I am a hold on Weimer after talking it out, and I am a sell on Varsho, a strong sell because Toronto is not making him a catcher. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm definitely selling Weimer. Um, I like power guys, but I don't. I I just see too much Joey Gallo here, right? Like, there's just too much, you know, because his name's Joey. Maybe, maybe. But you know it's <laughs> it's you know it's it's five home runs for a guy that's supposed to be hanging his hat on home runs, and you know he's got good at bats. He had 150 at bats, so you know yeah. I just don't I don't love what we've seen. I, I I'm willing to say like he could break through a little bit. Like there's probably still 30 home runs here somewhere at some point in time. Uh, 
but I, I just this isn't a guy that I'm going to chase. Very similar uh, for the opposite reason of uh, of Lane Thomas, who we just talked about. He kind of blows past the other end of the spectrum in this trade conversation. So I'm just I'm not buying. I'm definitely selling Weimer. Varsho is an interesting one for me because there it's there. Like I watch again. We talk about this. I watch a lot of Jays games, so I see him hit. Uh, he's getting dusted in the upper half of the zone, right? Like he has he has zero ability to get to the ball up in the zone right now. And that's a major, major issue, uh, but one that is correctable. So he does have a pretty short swing. The power is there. He does. He has all the tools to execute. Um, and, and the thing that, again, we talk about this all the time, Robbie, people forget about this year in and year out. This is his first year in the American League. So this is a thing that he will get through. He will recognize pitchers differently. And if you look at his track record in the National League, well, guess what? He slowly got better over a couple of years there too. So um, as long as he doesn't keep tipping balls fr- from doubles into home runs, we'll be fine. Like, I think he'll figure it out. So I'm probably going to buy Varsho somewhere, Robbie. Like, I, I just see myself going yeah, the other way on okay. that one um, because he's he's locked in to, in Toronto. There's nobody that's coming for his position. He plays good enough defense for the team to put up with the lack of offense. Um, so I, I just see that being a very stable scenario for him um, in the, in the upside will, will and can be there for sure. So um, I, I just think it's a waiting game and, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to the most exciting position in fantasy baseball. Just kidding. It's <laughs> catchers. So we, we save them for last cause we can go through this pretty quick. Elias Diaz with Colorado is um, doing excellent. Yep. Uh, w- would you buy him? Would you sell him? Would you hold him? Well, he's going to be their all-star this year, which is awesome. Good for him. They need um, one. Yep. So he's, <laughs> he's going to be. It's that. him and possibly Pierce Johnson. Yeah. But. Yeah. But it's going to be him and Will Smith as the NL catchers and Sean Murphy, right? Those are the three guys. And we have mm-hmm. uh, that conversation here. But I, Those I'm are the uh, only three top 100 catchers outside of Sal Perez, depending on your format. If you go eight by eight, Perez is, uh, I think he's like 80 something when I looked before we started recording. But four yeah. catchers in the top 100 of all the fantasy baseball players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elias Diaz is a guy that I'm not touching. Uh, a, because he's Elias Diaz. And we've seen this. Like, we've seen this yeah, before. I was just going to say. Right? Like, where he comes He's going to have a cost, then, too. Yep. And his cost is up. Like, he's he's now repeated it. Um, and, and you know, for me, the value is way too high for a guy that I, I think ultimately is going to plateau and come back down to earth. And... Uh, you know, if I'm going to spend money on a catcher of all things, it's going to be, you know, somebody else. <laughs> like I would rather go, yep. I would rather go chase MJ Melendez who has catcher eligibility, who's hitting yep. 200 right now. I was just going to say, and has also sucked. I almost put him on this list, but I thought, eh, another night, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think that's a guy that's going to come into his own, whereas Diaz is a veteran. Uh, you know, this is, you know, a late bust out for him. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just out. I'm, I'm not paying the price. So, guy, next on the list, I think we would both pay the price. I'm probably in the right scenario. JT Riumuto, uh, where are you at here, Robbie? Uh, I've been pretty bad with my catchers this year. And, uh, like, daily with Pittsburgh is a guy that I've had. I now have Perez with Oakland. I'm streaming catchers again. I'm back to that because yeah. I, I refused to draft them three years ago when everybody was getting excited about drafting guys. So I don't have any of those guys. And the Austin Nolas of the world have just been so, so bad for me 
that it is more beneficial for my um, mental health as well as my fantasy baseball stats to just stream guys in our home league tie. Uh, some dope dropped Cal Raleigh and I was able to pick him up. That was a steal for me. I would love to get me some more Cal Raleigh versus JT Realmuto even because the Realmuto deal that you're going to make is going to have to either involve him having a huge salary and you trading pieces that don't, which put, can put your team in a bind. If you're in, you know, depending on your salary league, if you're not in a salary league, whoever's trading him is going to want a legit prospect package back. And I don't, I don't know that I would want to do that for him because I mean, we're back to the same conversation we've had so many times with these guys. I don't know that I'm going to ever be like, oh, yeah, Realmuto's an 80 RBI, 80 run type guy. Uh, his whole value is that he's got you those stolen bases too. But Philly just hasn't turned it on yet. Not to the point that we thought they would this year. I thought they were going to kind of be like the class of the AL East and it was going to be a, you know, a big like dog fight. Um, but they are not in that. You know, they're, you know, they're kind of like the Cardinals. It's like, well, when are you going to turn it on, guys? Do you need to make another well, deal here? I mean, here's an interesting thought. Like for me, I would way rather spend the money on on Dalton Varsho, right? I think Varsho would be had a lot cheaper. But again, you're losing catcher eligibility with Varsho at the end of this year, unless it's on Yahoo. Because if you if you ever played there, um, like I mean, a position in in baseball, then Yahoo's going to make you eligible for that. That's just how it yeah. goes. But if you play on a real site like Fantrax, um, you're going to run into an issue where. He's not going to be eligible next year. So again, something to consider for that. So I would not, I would sell Ramuto if I had him. Sorry, I would hold Ramuto if I had him. I would not buy him though. That's yeah, yeah that's right. I kind of share share on that, but at the same time, like if I'm if I'm in the championship run, I like Ramuto because I think that Philly team's going to be good in the second half, and and I like that okay. as a championship run. So like that just depends on you where you're at. Like that's the only thing I'll add to that. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to stick on that train with Sean Murphy. Like we've talked about Sean Murphy over the last couple mm -hmm. of years and how much better he is than what we've seen because of how much that pitching staff has beat him up. And guess what? The first year he gets free of that, all of a sudden he's the only catcher better than him in fantasy right now is, is Will Smith. Um, and so I, and you can make an argument that, you know, statistically like Murphy's been better, a little bit more power, a little bit more production numbers, really. Smith is winning on, on the batting average. Right. And that's pretty much it. Um, so, you know, it just, it's, it's kind of a grassman at straws on who's the best, but you know, at the same time you have two catchers in the top 30 and uh, that's, that's pretty electric from the catching position. Uh, but Sean Murphy, I think is on, on the, you know, a better offensive team, even though the Dodgers somehow managed to continue to be productive with, with a lineup that has obvious holes. Uh, so, you know, Will Smith's obviously at center of that, but Sean Murphy for me, um, I think fell way too far in a lot of leagues this year, uh, especially redraft formats where uh, he was there. And I think his value was just down. I think people were underestimating what he could be. Uh, and I think we're starting to see a, a star instead of just a catcher. So I don't know where you're at on that one, Robbie. So I'm, I'm buying, um, in, in, uh, championship format. Right, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm holding in every other format because I'm not going to pay the price that he's at now. Yeah, I'm I'm a bystander in this because I don't have him anywhere, and I would not buy him. So yeah. I, I just and that's it's so expensive right now. Um, but the guy who I had as my 23rd ranked uh, dynasty catcher, Gabriel Moreno, I'm a little more interested in him now than I was before, and I know it doesn't look great when you check his like 
place within a ranking system but you gotta kind of ignore that and you've got to look at like what are his actual stats that he's producing and gabriel moreno so i'm just looking here tying our home league so this is yahoo our home league is on um before play today he was ranked 596th in eight by eight but he's hitting 295 with a 719 ops uh it's it's the fact that it's empty average we've talked about the empty average type guys before that's your slap hitter you know a lot of singles not seeing a lot of doubles triples they're not driving guys in whatever and this is the issue in 129 at bats only two home runs for himself nine runs total but again back of the lineup on a bad team or not a bad team but a a team that that is not balanced two stolen bases is good um he's striking out 20 whatever low 20s percentage of the time which is fine but he's not walking he's not doing that but either way i like him and it might be empty average right now but you get the diamondbacks on a heater you get the diamondbacks good year over year this buy will work out but he's the guy that has him in your league assuming guy girl whatever um they've been waiting or they fell into him and they're not willing to give him up so if the I think the price would probably be similar on a Murphy and Moreno initially because if you're in a dynasty league, the Moreno owner had to if they did acquire him, they had to pay quite a bit to get him. If they just drafted him or you know whatever walked into the team and he was on it, they might be a little easier to move off of it. But it's going to be more empty average. Whereas with Sean Murphy, you're getting like pow pow pow. Yeah. Um, Moreno, I would buy though. I would because yeah. I don't think you're you're spending as much. Um, Cause you're not buying superstar. You're buying someone who only is helping you in really one category, which is your average and potentially not hurting you in the OPS. If that's one of your categories. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with the radio thing. I, I'm, I'm in on M2 uh, very similar to Cabrian Hayes, like the contact rate, the, the hard hit rates, like those things are good. Um, I, I like the breakout potential in the second half, like could be a guy that could win some championships um with a, a surprise arizona team right like they've been shockingly good uh and, and i think they're only going to get better as the i'm not sure what the run differential and stuff is though i just feel like they haven't been, like if I, I guess because i'm looking at fantasy players and i'm like i'm not seeing the like the studs and studs here i'm just seeing in, in arizona yeah like generic production and that's how they seem to be winning you know yeah, they got I rid mean, of Baumgartner, and then they, once the yeah. Cowboys out of the clubhouse, I guess maybe everybody was a little looser. I don't know. Well, I mean, listen, like they've just got a, a bunch of young players. Like Kettle's had a big bounce back. Uh, you know, yep. you've got you've got some veteran in, in Longoria coming in there. Um, Christian Walker is this is one of the more underrated players in baseball, right? Like you just you have an outfield there that should be great. They you know Jake McCarthy had a huge. Uh, run in the minors he looked like he's maybe on his way back to um in lourdes goriel who you know as jay's fan jay's guys i know you're former but uh you know <laughs> is is doing the things that we always knew were there as a jay fan but they just never came out like he's got i think he's got double digit home runs or he's close to it now um and then those are the things that are, are helping this team win but um they've the one thing that they have done that maybe they're undoing as the season goes on is they've glued together pitching right? Like they haven't had a lot of consistency. They've been running people up and down from the minors all year. Right. So like, that's the one thing that, you know, could come undone, but um, it has very little uh, to do with, uh, with Gabriel Moreno, but uh, I do think uh, he is a guy to like now. 
Uh, a guy that's just been electric over the last couple weeks, and, and this is the last guy we'll wrap up here tonight. Um, Francisco Alvarez with the Mets uh, has been has been awesome over the last several days. Um, I don't know what he did today, but I believe I saw a stat yesterday where over the last week he had four home runs in like 20 at-bats with no walks or no strikeouts, sorry. Um, no, so that's you, wrong. You like th- One for five today, Ty, with a home run, three RBIs, two strikeouts today. Uh, last two weeks, uh, talking to your heater though, four dingers, six runs, 10 RBIs, three walks, five stolen bases, and 34 at bats, uh, 12 30 OPS. My god, he's been good. He had five stolen bases, no, no, he had five um, strikeouts over two weeks, okay. yeah. So, like so that's, that's a from a catcher position, yeah, yeah, he is riding high 353 average over that, and then for the year, it just looks good, but again. Oh my God! I just had a neighbor who, who just sent me a Facebook thing for a free sailboat. You know, you gotta love the neighbors that are encouraging you to go into the things that piss your wife off. To know it's after eleven o'clock at night here on the East Coast, and I got I got great neighbors. Anyway, um, back to Alvarez. Speaking of free sailboats, if Alvarez was a sailboat, I would buy him. Um, I don't want to invest heavily in the position, but there's got to be a pitcher I don't like that would have a high value and Alvarez as Alvarez as a catcher probably is on a team that has another catcher already. So I might be able to pry him out. But if you're talking 30 team leagues, the odds of being able to just get a starting catcher with promise is going to be real difficult. That's like, right. I, I real freaking difficult. Yeah. I tried to get him in the off season, a lot of formats uh, and, and was unsuccessful. That, that um, little, that little uh, cup of coffee I had last year, like it, it was, everybody got so excited, right? Cause he should be, he should be with the club. He should be starting. He should be this. And where, where we're starting to see guys with 200 at bats tie, he's at a hundred. Yeah. So yep. you know, he, everyone's I mean, he, excited he, for the next 300 at bats though. Yeah. He's definitely going to be a guy and definitely somebody to, uh, to continue to grow and 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 beyond, but uh, we'll we'll see what comes from here. Uh, but this is let us know. Hit us at Dingerspot on on Twitter, uh, and and let us know if there's guys that you want us to to check in on and buy and sell, uh, or or give you the rundown on. But uh, Robbie, we're getting into the season here. We're entering trade season. We're kind of already there, uh, but it's gonna get it's hot. June, baby. The next couple it's weeks June. here, and uh, you know you need to keep your head on a swivel here. This is when championships can be won and lost. So. Uh, we'll be here. Uh, let us know. But until then, it's been Rob and Tyler here on Dangers.